starting a four-week series, hang on a second, called uh, Mind Monsters, and I am so excited about this uh, series. I'm pumped up about this for a lot of different reasons, uh, primarily because I love this season. How many of you like Halloween? Raise your hand. Some of you think you're like you're going to go to hell for that. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay to like Halloween. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, like the devil doesn't own the month of October. Come on now. So it's okay for that. I like Halloween for a lot of different reasons. You, you know, it's, it's Halloween season, so like your, your favorite uh, scary movie, your monster movie, come on, somebody, you like to do that. Don't raise your hand if you like to go to horror movies. But your, fa- your favorite TV show is going to run their Halloween special. You know what I'm saying? Everything. My favorite part of Halloween, you're going to find this hard to believe by looking at me, I know, is the candy. It's my, it's my, 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 I know you look at me and you think, there's no way, but, but seriously. Uh, my favorite is uh, is buying candy as though we're going to give it to trick or treaters, <laughs> knowing that I'm going to eat it all. I'm like, babe, let's get started early. She's like, why would we buy candy early? I said, I just want to be really prepared for what happens. And then on Halloween night, she's like, where's those Reese's peanut butter cups? And and of course, I got small kids, so I'm like. The kids, the terrible kids of ours, that's where they all went. So I love the matter of fact, when you leave today, we have candy for everybody, Halloween candy for everybody, because I just, I love that kind of stuff. I love Halloween. Happy Mind Monsters Month. Come on, somebody. We may do candy every week, as long as I'm, 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 I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm just so pumped about this, and it, here's the reason why, because uh, everybody in the room, everybody here, and there's a ton of people who aren't here today that battle it, everybody you know battles Mind monsters, those things in your mind. You know, when we were little, when we were growing up, monsters lived under our beds. Come on. But the older we get, the monsters move from under our beds and they get inside of our heads. It's the stuff that sort of gets inside of your brain. It's the stuff that you can't get away from the dark. Don't laugh because some of you stuff that you wish you could hide from. You know, when I was growing up, I we I used to I was I was scared of the dark. Don't laugh because some of y'all scared of the dark. I was scared, so I would I would pull the covers up over my head. You remember this? And and I would just leave a small hole to breathe out of. <laughs> but I didn't want to see anybody. Like like if a monster came to get me, I just wanted to sneak attack. You know what I mean? Just like ah. And I wouldn't see him coming. I was okay to die as long as I didn't see it coming. And I would just breathe out of that. Some of us live our lives with the covers pulled over our eyes. Not wanting to really face the mind monsters that, that are lurking inside of you. Anger and, and, and hurt and despair and stuff that's, stuff that's terrible for you. Listen, here's the truth of the matter. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live with mind monsters. And I hope over the next four weeks in this series, we're going to tackle some really hard. And we're going to tackle worry. We're going to tackle stress. Come on, election weekend, we're going to tackle fear. Come on, somebody. Because some of y'all scared about what's coming. You don't have to. Let me give you the punchline. We, we still win. It really doesn't matter who we elect. Come on, everything's going to be okay. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to overcome that. We're going to talk about anger. We're going to talk about despair. We're going to talk about real things like depression and, and, and battling that and what it means to do that. But but uh, the next four weeks are going to be dynamic. Please don't miss a single week of this series. It's just going to get better. Bring somebody with you. I promise you. We're going to have a few surprises. It's going to be great. And, uh, and I can't wait for that. I want to tell you a, a quick story. You probably never heard of a guy named Roger Babson. Roger Babson was a brilliant mathematician in, in, in the 20s. And he actually he was a businessman. And he went through MIT, graduated from MIT. And he, he was brilliant. He actually had a financial analysis company that he started. And he predicted the uh, collapse of the stock market in 1929. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely ahead of his time, uh, you, you know, scientist and, and mathematician. But uh, early on in his life, when he was when he was a child, his sister died tragically in a drowning accident. And so the later that Roger Babson lived in his life, even after graduating MIT, he blamed. Listen close. He blamed gravity 
for taking his sister. He, he actually called it a dragon. This is a quote. He called it a dragon that came up and seized her. And then later on in his life, uh, he actually lost a grandson, tragically, to, to drowning. So he had lost his sister as a child, and he lost a grandson as an adult to drown. And, and this is, most people believe, that's sort of the catalyst that changed everything in his life. And this brilliant mathematician who had taught, who had trained, who had written papers, who, who had founded this, he was a multimillionaire, founded this amazing financial services company, devoted the rest of his life, lived out his life, listen, fighting what he called our public enemy number one. Gravity. He, he actually believed that gravity was the rest of his life. He lived out. Gravity was to blame for his, his sister's death and his grandson's death. And he lived his whole life, the rest of his life, he lived out his days fighting against an undeniable force of nature. Well, why does that happen? Why, why would somebody fight against gravity? Why would somebody that graduates from MIT, why would somebody so smart, somebody so brilliant, somebody with so much success fight against something that seems so silly to you and I now? Listen close. Here's the reason why. Because there was a hurt in his life that caused a mind monster to get inside. And it set up camp there. And that pain and that hurt and that anger caused him to lash out against something that was completely irrational. And you and I sit here today and think, man, how crazy is that? How irrational is that to fight against the gravity? He actually founded something called the Gravity Research Foundation to try to overcome gravity. My hand to God, this is a true story. Why does that happen? Why do people, You may be sitting here thinking, man, that's crazy. But the truth is there's a lot of us who do the most irrational things because of the hurt and the pain that sets up camp in our mind. We do stuff that makes no sense to anybody else. And we, we make decisions, destructive decisions, destructive behavior. All because those mind monsters sort of get inside of our mind. Maybe you know what that's like to sort of have those Roger Babson type uh, moments where... It's irrational. It doesn't make any sense. You, you, you don't even know why it, it happens that way. You don't even know what happens to you, but it just takes over you. Anger comes and takes over you and rears its ugly head. Or despair. Maybe it's just such depression and such despair. And listen, you don't even want to get out of bed. You don't even want to, you, you don't want to get up. You, you don't want anything to change. You, you, just want, you just want to go away and fight against stuff that isn't really there. There are people in this room who are married to people who fight every day. The mind monsters of depression, despair, and insecurity. Anger and worry. It's wrecking your marriage. You, you, you've been married for 15, 20, 25 years and you think it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It never gets better. Now I want to give you some tools. Listen, the good news is this. You don't have to be overcome with that. Let, let me give you the punchline of the whole message and the whole series. Listen to me. You and I don't have to live captive to that stuff. You and I don't have to live captive to these mind monsters that overtake us and, and consume us and control our life. But you and I can take captive that stuff. You and I can combat that and we can live a life of joy and peace. There's some people in this room who've given up on real joy. You've just given up. You just said, I, I just don't think it's possible. Listen, I'm just not a happy person. He's just not a happy person. They're just not, don't, don't point at anybody. They're just not, they just don't have joy. Now listen, I, I mean real joy. Here's, here's one of the things that I want this church to be known for. Listen close. I want City Hills to be a place of joy. I want you to come in and, and, and it's the, I want it to be like Disneyland. It's the happy. I, I really mean that. And I don't just mean fake. Listen, because I grew up in fake. I grew up when you couldn't be real about what was going on in your life. I don't mean that. You can be real about what's happening in your life. But I want this place to be an equipping place that you get the tools to actually live in joy. That you actually enjoy being with your spouse and you don't hate it. Come on. That you actually enjoy your kids and you're like, 
I don't like these little people. I don't like none of y'all. That you actually love what you do for a living. That you live a life full of joy. I think God's people ought to be the happiest people in the world. The queen of Sheba came to Solomon. Solomon had built this amazing temple to God. And he was the wealthiest man who was alive in his generation. And the queen of Sheba, the southern kingdom in Egypt, came and she heard all about Solomon. She heard all about what he did. And listen, here's what she said when she got there. The Bible says she actually fainted because of what she saw. It was gold. It was amazing. It was jewels. It was precious. Here's what she told Solomon. She said, it's amazing to me not only what you've built here, not only the house of God that you've built, not only the temple that you built, but listen close. She said the people who serve here are the happiest people I've ever met that's in your Bible I want people to come to City Hills and go man these are the happiest people like all they're doing is parking cars these are the happiest people I've ever met what is that listen those are people who learn to live with joy those are people who learn to live on the top side of life and not the bottom side of life those are people who learn how to be the head and not the tail now are you saying that hard times don't come no 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 as a matter of fact I don't want you to be condemned about dealing with mind monsters the next couple of weeks I don't want you to feel like something's wrong with you because something's wrong with all of us we all sort of have this problem here's what we're going to say I hope that you're taking notes take your worship guide out and reach in somebody's purse that's sitting next to you whoever that is and grab a pen and and let's take some notes together on the back of your worship guide you can relive this series mind monsters are those negative thoughts that we all battle they're those creeping shadows in the corner of our minds that feed our insecurities and our worries and our fears, and they lead us to, listen, to irrational anger or undefined depression. Irrational anger or undefined depression. I I have a slide for you. I want you to see. This is what some of our brains look like. This is what some of our heads look like. If you were to cut your head wide open and you look inside there, this is what it is. There's some people in there who have fearful imaginations. Come on, you ever known somebody that could make up the worst-case scenario? It wasn't even true. It was never going to be true. It's just the worst case scenario. And you're like, baby, what's wrong with you? None of that has ever happened. None of what you just, yeah, but it could. Yeah, but it could happen. Yeah, but who knows what. Listen, you've been watching too much Law and Order. Come on. There are things, and they get in your mind, and listen, to you they're real. And they're fearful imaginations, or maybe despair, or maybe sadness. You just don't know why, but you just feel like there's just no hope or maybe sadness or maybe insecurities. Maybe, you know, you get in a crowd like this and you're scared to look around. You're scared to meet anybody. You leave right after church is over. Why is that? It's insecurities. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's, maybe it's stuff you've carried around since childhood, since you were a teenager, since you were in college. Come on, there's some stuff people carried in college you don't want nobody to know. And you're just carrying it around inside of your head, those mind models, or worry, or inaccurate assumptions. Come on, all that stuff. Some of you are looking and going, man, I got that, and I got that, and I got that. Oh, my God, I got all of them. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm possessed with a devil. No, listen. You don't have, listen, it's, it's, not, it's not that. It's that mind monsters creep up on everybody in the room. They creep up on everybody who's ever lived. Mind monsters are those things that, that some of you can identify with that. And, and here's, here's the thing I want you to know. We're going to win. You and I can win. And we will win by the help of God. We're going to win the battle against mind monsters. We're going to win this battle for our peace back. We're going to win this battle for our joy. When we get out of the election, I don't care if they elect Donald Duck. Come on, somebody. We're going, when we get out of November, we're just going to be happy. People are going to go, What's, man, what happened to you? Your marriage is going to get better in the next four weeks. Your, your job's going to get better. Why is that? Your kids are going to be like, where's my mother? Seriously, what, who are you? Why, why are you so happy right now? What's, I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to help you. God's going to help us, and God's Word's going to help us. Defeat the mind monsters that get inside of Every one of us. Here's the good news today. You're going to have to take an active role in rejecting 
and demolishing and sort of retraining your mind. you got to recognize where they are, and you got to retrain your mind not to live that way. You and I need to be able to retrain our minds to live something differently. Here, here's the scripture we're going to focus on for the next couple of weeks. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there, 2 Corinthians. Come on, all the, all the church folk brought their real Bibles. Everybody else looks on their phone, like me, <laughs> on my iPad. Come on, 2 Corinthians says it like this. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I want, you to, I want you to catch this word picture, okay? He said there are arguments and there are pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. He said they literally war against what God says about you. There's stuff in your mind, there's stuff in my mind that would set itself up and would, would dare to challenge what God says about you. God says you're accepted. And those mind monsters says, no, 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 no. Nobody values you. Nobody loves you. God says you're delivered. And those mind monsters says, no, no, no. But I know what you did. I, I, know, I know what you did last summer. Come on. I know, I, know how, I know how bad you've been. I know where you've been. It sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then here's what Paul said to do. Here's what we're going to do in the next four weeks. He said, we take captive. Underline that in your Bible. We take captive every thought. To make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. Every thought? Yeah. Every single thought that I have. Every single thought that you have. We take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. Maybe you thought, man, I didn't have any power over this. I really couldn't control this. How do I control what comes into my brain? Here's what I had an old preacher tell me this way. He said, you can't help when a bird flies over your head. But you can prevent it from setting up a nest in your hair. Come on, somebody. You, you, you can't help a thought that flies through you of insecurity or anger or, or jealousy or maybe something that goes through your mind. But you can help letting that mind monster set up camp inside of your mind. So uh, I, I want you to live your best possible life. I want you to live the best po- I want you to have a successful Christian life. You're in a church today that believes that it's not God's will for you to be on the bottom. It's God's will for you to live successful lives. There's nothing wrong with that. Listen, Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBN and, 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 and televangelists have perverted the idea of success and prosperity. It's not always what you see on television, but it is right for you to have a marriage that prospers, have a job that prospers. It's okay for God to prosper you in your finances, for you to live successful in this life. Say amen to that. I want you to have... Come on. Yeah, church people clapping. Look at you. All the church people in the back again still clapping. I want you to have a successful Christian life. Here's, I want you to live an abundant life. I want you to live something above. And you may think, man, I'm just the only one that's dealing with this. You're not the only one. Matter of fact, mind monsters are nothing new. Mind monsters are at least as old as the Bible. I don't know how long they've been around, but I know they've been around a long time because in the Bible you'll find a lot of characters, especially in the Old Testament, who battle these mind monsters. All the way back in the Old Testament you'll find sort of people dealing with stuff in their minds and, 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 and battling that mind monster of insecurity and guilt and shame and worry and anger. And so we're going to look at that today. That's sort of one, that we're going to zero in on this story. And it's found in the book of Judges, and I want to give you some background on this particular story that we're going to dive into today. It's a story of, uh, uh, there, there's this uh, terrible time in the nation of, of Israel, and the story sort of centers around what's happening in that time. The background is that 
this is so unstable because the Israelites, listen close, they, had, they were living in their land, but they had sort of intermingled with people around them. They would go visit other tribes and other camps and other places, and they would bring back into Israel and into their culture the stuff they got from somewhere else. They would bring back their culture. They would bring back their idols. They would bring back you know, their stuff, and th- that's what was happening. Let me just pause right here and tell you, it matters who you hang around with. It matters who's in your life. Listen, if, if you want to be a happy person and you look at all your friends and you think, you jokers are depressed. I'm done. you you gotta, you got to find somebody else. And Israel was not, it wasn't guarding itself about who it was intermingling with. And they were bringing back all of these terrible things into their culture. And, that, and, and, and so their lifestyles and their allegiances were now changing away from the God of the Hebrews, away from their God, and it was sort of worshiping these other gods. And in light of that, there were terrible things that were happening in their life. In light of that, there was this this army that was not far from them called the Midianites, and for seven years, listen close, for seven years the Midianites would keep plundering everything that the Israelites had done. It wasn't slavery like you and I think about, like an oppression and they were in chains and they had to do that. No, it wasn't like that. They would get further along in life they would plant a crop they would go to harvest that crop and right at harvest time the Midianites would sweep in and they would steal all of their harvest or or it would be a couple of months and they would think man things are getting better it'd be six months down the road things are better we're finally done and the Midianite army would swoop in at night and they would take over for seven years they had this back and forth with the Midianites they would come into Israel and they would take everything and they would take their women and take their children and it was horrible and some of you know what that's like listen close It's not that you're a slave to your mind monsters. It's that you just think you get over it. And they come back. Just when you think things are getting better. And then there's a setback. Just when you think your marriage is coming through this. And then something happens. Just when you think you're on the other side of this. And then then the Midianites come. And that's what happened. And so the Israelites were always terrified that this was going to be the day. This would be the day that they're going to get us. This is going to be the day that they're going to come swoop in. So they would live their lives in fear of what could be. Listen close. In fear of what could be. So this this is the background of that story in Judges 6. The angel of the Lord came... And sat down under the oak tree in Oprah. Y'all didn't know Oprah was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> y'all didn't know that. Some of y'all thought she was a devil. She's in the Bible. The angel of the Lord. Let me give you just a quick, I, I, I'm sorry to keep pausing right here. But when the Bible says, especially in the Old Testament, it says the angel of the Lord. Most theologians believe that's God himself in a theophany. That God takes on a body and meets with somebody. And the angel of the Lord comes and sits down under the oak tree. Where his son, where God's son, the angel of the Lord's son, Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. I want you to catch this imagery. Gideon is sitting down in a wine press, which is a cellar. It's a cave, and he's threshing wheat. You didn't thresh wheat in a wine press, but you do if you're scared the Midianites are coming to get it from you. Come on, you got to protect everything that you can get. And so Gideon is down inside this wine press trying to protect from the Midianites. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I love this. Next, <laughs> verse 13. I love how Gideon says this. He says, Excuse me? P- pardon me, my Lord? Gideon replied, pardon me, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Does that sound familiar to you? 
If the Lord is with us, why has all this? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? Where, where's the miracle power that grandmama told me that God can do? Where, where's that stuff that God said that he could do in my life? Where's that? Why is all, if God's with us, why is all this happening to us? Did the Lord not bring us out out of Egypt is what our ancestors said. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. Gideon is telling God this. Let me just, that's not the wisest thing to do, okay? Gideon's looking face to face into the angel of the Lord. And he said, once you tell God, I don't know who you are or where you come from. Once you tell God, I said, where's he at? If, if, if he was with us, why is this happening to us? Why did the Lord abandon us and given us to the hands of Midian? Verse 14, the Lord turned to him. I don't know what's happening, but somehow the Lord turns away and goes, Bub, you're crazy right now. I can't even look at you. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I can't even look at you right now. And the angel of the Lord turns to him and he says, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, Gideon again, hard-headed. Some of you are married to Gideon. Pardon me, Lord? <laughs> he does it again. Listen, if you'll argue with God twice, something's wrong with you, okay? You, you need help. You need deliverance. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. He said, listen, of all of the tribe of Israel, of all of the tribes of Israel, my clan is in the weakest tribe. So we got the weakest tribe, Manasseh. Then my clan is the weakest clan in the tribe, and I'm the weakest one of my clan in the weakest clan in the tribe in the whole camp. Buddy, you got the wrong fella. I'm just telling you, I'm not your man. I can't do what it is you need me to do. In verse 16, the Lord said, I will be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. A couple of things I want to draw to your attention to, I just, if you're taking notes real quick, and, and, and we'll go home. The angel of the Lord calls Gideon a mighty warrior. This is so important. I want you to underline that. He calls Gideon a mighty warrior. Listen, we said this last week, but I just want to keep this in, in the forefront of your mind. God sees you differently than you see you. God calls a slave hiding in a cave a mighty warrior. Some of you are thinking, man, I'm not strong enough to overcome this. I can't battle this. There's just no way I fought for 20 years. I can't get over this. No, no, no. God says, listen, I see something, Gideon, about you. You don't even know about yourself. I think you're a mighty warrior. And then Gideon sort of makes all of these excuses. Well, God, I don't know if you know my family. There's some people here who have blamed your family. I don't, do you know my daddy? My daddy's always been an alcoholic. My daddy beat my mama, and that's why we have trouble in our marriage. It, it's always been this way. My granddaddy left when we were young. My mom's always acted this way. It's always been my family's fault. Come on, that's because he was on Oprah. Did y'all catch that? He was on Oprah telling about his family. Come on, y'all think I'm lying. He was at Oprah telling about his family. That's what he did. He said, Oprah's not my fault. It's my family's fault. It's, it's my clan, and God's says, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not taking that as an excuse. I see something in you that you don't see. You're a mighty warrior. And then Gideon answers in verse 13, and he says, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Seven years of oppression. Seven years of back and forth. And some of us in the room have asked God why. Some of you woke up this morning and asked God why. Some of you lived last week with a why in your heart. Why the sickness? Why did he have to leave so early? Why did we lose her? Why? If God is with me like you say he is, why? Why is probably the hardest mind monster you'll ever battle. 
Because God doesn't answer Gideon with an answer of why. God does not owe you, listen close, and He does not owe me an explanation. He just promises us victory. The problem with some of us, if we're waiting for victory on the explanation, we're waiting for God to give me a why. As soon as He tells me why, then I'll get over this. God says, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going to have victory before you ever know the why. Matter of fact, the Bible never gives us clarity that God ever cleared up. It wasn't after Gideon defeated the Midianites that God comes back and says, Hey, buddy, let me talk to you. Let me tell you why that happened. Let me tell you kind of what goes on. No, no, no. God doesn't owe you an explanation. He doesn't owe me one. Gideon says, Why has all this happened to me? Why is this? Why have I suffered? Why did I lose my job? Why did we lose the house? Why did I lose the business we spent all of our money on? Why? Why did we bury her too early? Why did we bury him too early? Why did you promise me you would live forever? We said we would do this forever and then, and then you walked away. We stood at the altar and you, you said I do and I said I do and you didn't. Why? And those mind monsters get in your heart, get in your mind and they set up camp in the position of why. Why? God, if this is true. And then he started blaming, listen, what he had heard in church. Our ancestors told us that God delivered them out of Egypt. Some of you have been away from church. Listen close. My heart breaks for this. This is, this is part of our calling here at City Hills. Is people who've been hurt in church. And people who've been away from church. And, 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 and they're just now giving God another chance. There are people in this room on these chairs sitting beside you. Who, who told their spouse. Let's give it one more chance. Let's go back to church one more time. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is even going to work. But I was so hurt by that. And listen. Gideon was so hurt by church. He blamed. God he said why did those people tell us what God did and it didn't happen for us our ancestors told us my grandmother told us that God answered her prayer that God brought them out of out of Egypt why won't God do that for us and God still doesn't offer an answer as to why God just pushes right on through. Gideon is dealing with these negative experiences in his mind. He Listen, they have clearly got in his head. He's taken what's happened in his life and it's set up camp in his head. And there's mind monsters of worry and fear and doubt. He's literally talking to God, doubting that God can do what he said he could do. Just because bad things, listen close, just because bad things happen to you, listen close, just because trouble comes your way, just because things happen in your life you don't understand doesn't mean you have to let it get in your head and get in your heart. Just because things come into your life that you and I may never have an answer to on this side of eternity doesn't mean you have to let it set up camp in your head and set up camp in your heart. And you'll be most free. Listen, this is for somebody. You'll be most free when you stop having to get an answer for why. Gideon, you'll get victory. You will defeat the Midianites today. Seven years of oppression and God says you can do it today if you won't require an answer for why. Some of you can finally get over your depression today. Literally, your life could change just that fast if you'll just stop having to know why. God says, there's something I, I, I want you to know. Just some of you are questioning yourself and questioning God's ability. But you and I can learn to remain confident. We can learn to trust the promises of God. We can learn to fight back that despair and fight back those mind monsters. He says, Gideon, I want you to, I want you to know how to fight back on that stuff. Because those negative invaders, those mind monsters, listen, they cause us to be people that we do not like. Some of you know those kind of people. It's worried Wilma. You know her? Don't point at nobody in the room. It's Critical Carl. Come on, Critical Carl. If you're named Wilma or Carl, I'm not talking about you. 
Critical Carl's that guy that can't find anything right. Everything's wrong. It's fault-finding friends. Something's always wrong with everything. It's pessimistic Paula. Come on, somebody. It's, you, it's always down. Just when you come in thinking things are right, then, then it, some of you go, I know Paula. Like, I know her. <laughs> that, that's for real. How does he know her? It's, it's, some of us think, man, everything's wrong, and you turn into the person. Angry art. Come on, you become the person you don't even recognize. Your spouse doesn't recognize you. So all these problems, listen, all of these problems end up in your life not because of what happened to you but because of the mind monsters that set up in you because of what happened to you. It wasn't because the Midianites were attacking Gideon. It's because of what happened in Gideon's mind that he's arguing with God and becoming something. So let me give you three simple points. Let me give you three points to be able to take home with you today and start putting into practice as we talk about mind monsters. Here's the first one. I want you to write this down in your notes. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Well, in parentheses beside it, I want you to put even if you're saved. <laughs> even if you're a Christian. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Some of the most negative people I know claim to be Christians. I won't give them the actual so Some people who complain about everything or critical about everybody have anger problems are Christians. Some people who, who, who are the most abusive. Some people who are the most controlling. Some people who worry more than anybody. I, I've never, I grew up, I told you, in a spirit-filled environment. We were people of faith. Man, we believed. Come on, we believed. Sean, God could do anything. God could answer. I've seen God, literally, I've seen with my eyes God heal cancer. I've watched God raise, literally, I watched God raise someone from the dead. I've seen God perform miracles. And then there's something happens in my life. I'm a person of faith. And then the moment something bad comes into my life, I go, well, God's gone. He can't do it. Nothing's going to happen. God can't answer this. I, we, we, we can't find a house. It's never going to happen. We're always going to live in this apartment. God's forgotten us. Where's he at? Why doesn't God answer me? God hates me. And I'm a person of faith. Listen, just because you're a Christian, just because you believe God can do anything doesn't mean you won't battle mind monsters. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. Some of us are trying to have a positive life with a negative mind. You're doing positive things, but you're thinking negative things. You can't do positive things to overcome negative life. You just can't. If you've got a negative mind, it don't matter how positive. Some of you, you've been at church and you're thinking, man, I'm going to church four times now. Come on, this is a record for me. I've been four weeks in a row. Come on, I'm doing the right thing. Where's God at? Listen, you can't have a positive life with a negative mind, even if you do positive things. Some of you, I have a friend who believes, who literally believes that if she tithes, if she gives a percentage of her income, which I believe in tithing, this church preaches that, 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 that it's, it's, it's right, it's biblical for you to put God first in your finances. But she believes if she tithes that God will bless her business. She literally believes that if I'll just do the positive thing, my mind doesn't have to be... Now, she's mad as a hornet about tithing. <laughs> she, she, she talks about it to everybody. She always tells people how I don't want to do... Listen, you can't, it doesn't matter. You can't overcome a negative mind with positive actions. you got to have a positive mind. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. And so here's what God says to him. Verse 14, God says to Gideon, The Lord turned to him and he said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Some of you will be tempted to do absolutely nothing in your life. But here's, what, here's the second thing I want to tell you. You need to go in the strength that you have. You need to go in the strength. God says, You've got strength for today. My whole perspective about this changed when I read this obscure passage in Deuteronomy. Now, if you're new to the Bible, 
I wouldn't jump into Deuteronomy first, okay? It's kind of heavy. All right, there, you, you jump over to John or Romans or Galatians. Those are, Deuteronomy, you got, I mean, you've got to have your big boy pants on. Come on, when you jump into Deuteronomy. But, but I was reading through the Bible, and, and, and this, this passage is obscure, but it absolutely, and, and, and to be honest with you, contextually, it even, it's right. Because we, we want to be a contextual church, not just sort of pull something out. But here's what Deuteronomy 33 and 25 says. I'm going to read it in the King James so you know it's Bible. Come on. Here's what he says. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. That doesn't sound comfortable. Listen to this. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. When I found this scripture, it absolutely revolutionized my life. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Let me, let me help somebody here. You've only got enough strength for the number of days you have. In other words, your strength is tied to the day that you're living in. Let me tell you what worry is. I'm going to preach about worry in a couple of weeks. But worry is just taking the strength from today and trying to get through tomorrow. You don't have strength for tomorrow. You've only got strength for today. Because as your days are, so shall your strength be. Your strength and my strength is tied to the day that you live. In other words, when you get up in the morning, the Bible says you have enough strength to face whatever you're going to face that day. The problem with worry is that you put yourself in the future and you try to solve the future's problem. Listen, we don't have strength for the future. We've only got strength for today. And God says, Gideon, go in the strength that you have. My, my, the second thing I want you to hear is get started now in the strength that you have. Write that down. Get started now in the strength that you have. Get started in the strength. You've got enough strength to get through today. You, you, you've got some, some, some strength inside of you. You don't have enough strength to get through this week. Listen close. If you think you've got enough strength to make it through the week, you're wrong. You've got enough strength to make it through Sunday. And when you get up in the morning, you're going to have enough strength to get up in the morning. That's why the Bible says His mercy is everlasting, but it's new every morning. Well, how does that happen? How is it everlasting? How does it reach to the ends of the earth, but it gets new every morning? I'll tell you, because when you wake up in the morning, the mercy that you need is pre-portioned for today. Come on, somebody. How many of you like to meal plan? Are you are the meal planners? You, you put all your meal? Anybody that we want to hate right now? Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, 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 I want to do this. I told Brandy the other day, I saw something on Facebook, and I always want to do whatever Facebook tells me. And so I saw this video scrolling, you know, I just laying in bed, and you know how you do it, and your phone falls on you, and I'm scrolling, and, and, there, it's, and, and it, was, it was about uh, meal planning, and, and it was the same meal every day, and it sounds awesome. I'm trying to figure out how to get donuts to last seven days. I don't, anyways, that's exactly what it is in your life with strength. It's just enough for today. Listen. It's just enough for today. It's just the mercy and just the strength that you have. And God says, Gideon, go in the strength that you have. Well, I'm not strong enough to do that. I'm predispositioned to this. Let me, just, let me take just a left-hand turn really quick to talk about predisposition. There are people in the room who say, you're already discounting what I'm preaching because you're saying, well, I am predispositioned to depression. Or, 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 or the way that I was raised is in a home that's full of anger. Or, or, or literally, it may even be a chemical imbalance. You know, I, I don't have as much serotonin, that the happy juice, come on, that somebody else has. And they're just always happy. Listen, just because you're predispositioned to something, listen close to me, it is not a life sentence. It's a call to battle. 
There are people who are predispositioned to alcoholism and to anger and to temper problems. There are people who are predispositioned to addiction and chemical addiction. There are people who are predispositioned to a lot of things. That doesn't mean you're relegated to just give in to it. It doesn't mean I have to just say, well, I, listen, I have this predisposition to, to anger or to depression. So I, No, no, no. This is a call to battle. This just means I have to get up and fight harder. This just means I, I, now God's going to give me strength to get through this. Come on, shout amen to that. Go in the strength that you have. Here's the last thing. i got to hurry. Verse 16. The Lord said, I will be with you. I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites. This is so important the way he said this. I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites. Here's the last thing I want you to write down. The battle for your mind is your battle to win. God says, Gideon, I'm going to go with you. But you got to do the fighting. You will strike down the Midianites. Why didn't God say, I'll go with you and I'll do all the fighting. I'll just give them all, you know, I'll just give them all, you know, leprosy. I'll just make the fleas of a thousand camels take nest in their armpits. Whatever it is that God would do. I don't know, that's the curse I put on some people. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't know what it is. Why wouldn't God just fight it? Listen, have you ever asked God, why don't you do this? Come on, you're God. Why don't you just fix this for me? Why don't you just fix this in my marriage? Why don't you just fix this? And God says, no, no, no. Get in. I'll be with you. But you will fight this battle. And and, and he didn't say, you'll just fight it. He said, you will win. You will defeat the Midianites. You will defeat the Midianites. You will strike down. Matter of fact, he said, you will not keep one alive. Not one. Brandy and I love New York City. You ever been to New York City? It's my favorite place. Make your husband take you. My favorite place in all the world besides Bernie, Texas. We love New York. And we had the privilege to go probably 10 years ago for the very first time. And we were scared to death. We were younger. We had, I was born and raised in Arkansas. Come on, woo pig suey. Come on, somebody. Nobody? All right. I was born in Arkansas. Brandy was raised in Houston. And uh, we'd, we'd really never been, you know, out of the south or southeast. And we got a chance to go to New York City for the very first time. And uh, we were terrified, literally scared to death, scared to death. We had watched so much Law & Order SVU, <laughs> terrified. And the thing that scared us the most were the subways. We, we were just, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why we thought, but we just thought, man, we're going to get on one and somebody's going to come get us. And, and, and it's going to take iced tea to come get us. Come on, come rescue us. Come figure out what happened to it. We were so scared, and we would get on that. We would get on sub. We would stay for the first couple of times. We stayed in Times Square just so that we could. We knew, like, if we got lost and we ended up in New Jersey, we could say, "Get us back to Times Square, please." <laughs> we were terrified to get on the train, and but here's what we learned: the longer that we did it, and the more the more that we rode the subway that week, and then every week after that, we've gone back a couple of dozen times. We, we now we, we're old pros. I have a friend that has an apartment there. We love, we love, love, love New York City. Matter of fact, I had some friends just went to Vermont, and I love New York in the fall. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Listen, and the longer that we went, we would get on the subways, and we felt more confident because here's what we would here's what we would figure out: if you got on the wrong train, and you heard the guy, you can't really understand what they're saying, but you would look around and realize, well, I'm the only joker left on this train. This is probably the end of the line. You know what I mean? Or the train would turn around, and start going the other direction. <laughs> like we would just get off at the next exit, and we'd walk up the subway, and we'd just look outside, and we'd start walking where we need to go. And the trains aren't as scary as you think they are. But they do take you somewhere. Here's the last thing I want you to hear. 
Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. There are people in this room who have ended up in places you have no idea how you got there. And it's because you boarded the wrong thought train. You ended up an angry person. A bitter person. You think, how did I become? I used to be so full of life. I used to be so full of joy. We used to have peace. How did that happen? It didn't happen by accident. You boarded the wrong train in your mind. And it took you there. You, wherever you are in life, listen close to this. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. And you will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Let me say it again. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. And you will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Thoughts are like trains. They take you somewhere. Some of you have ended up in angry. You've ended up in, in, in self-pity city. <laughs> Some of you have ended up in lonesomeville. Some of you have ended up in places that you think, how in the world did I get here? How did this get so bad? It's because you boarded the wrong train in your mind. Come on, Gideon. You're a mighty warrior. Gideon, you can do more than you think you can. Gideon, I see something about... Gideon, you cannot defeat the Midianites with a negative mind. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. You just can't do it. Gideon, you've got to learn how to go in the strength that you have. Get up and fight with what you do have. You don't have to have all the answers for tomorrow. How, how, how am I going to live on the anniversary of her death? You don't have to worry about that. you just got to go in the strength you got today. How, how am I going to live on our anniversary? You know, the day we were supposed to be together and now and we're not. You don't have to worry about that. You just got to go in the strength you have today. And then you got to get up and you got to faddle. Gideon, listen, I'm going to go with you. But this battle is yours to fight. And you can win. You will win, God said. And not a single Midianite will live. Over the next couple of weeks, there's not a single mind monster that has to live in your life. You can be victorious. You can get your joy back. Come on, Stella. You can get your groove back. Come on. You can finally have the life of your dreams. Let's stand. Bow your heads. No one moving but our dream team. No one moving around except our prayer team. Nobody moving. Just give me five more minutes and we'll be done. Everybody's heads bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. Everybody's still. Now, Lord Jesus, I recognize in a room this size, in a crowd like this, there are people who are battling ferocious, tormenting, taunting mind monsters. There are people who have battled depression to the point of suicide in this room. There are people who have decided to give it one more chance, and if this doesn't work, I'm done. I'm talking to you. Ma'am, I'm, 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 I'm reaching for you in this series. Sir, I'm, I'm reaching for your marriage. I know you feel insecure and not worthy and not valued, but I'm reaching for you. I, I, I'm reaching for you, divorcee, who every single anniversary, you get depressed and low. Those mind monsters set up camp and tell you you'll never love again. You'll never find somebody. Nobody ever want you. You're damaged. I'm reaching for you. Single adult. You've been told you'll never find somebody to love. Someone that loves you. I'm reaching for you with a temper problem, sir. Your kids are scared, terrified to death. 
I'm reaching for you. Worry. I'm reaching for you in this series. Come on, God's words reaching for you to deliver you from fear. The spirit of fear that literally keeps you awake at night. In Jesus' name, I speak deliverance over this house. God, I pray for every person in the room today who's battling that severe mind wounds. I pray that you'll touch their hearts and their minds and deliver them. Now your eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. If you're here today and you say, man, I need that deliverance so desperately. Nobody's looking. Whatever I got to do, I have to get out of this. I have to defeat this. I'll be here all four weeks. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll apply whatever God's word tells me to do. I just got to defeat it. If that's you, nobody's looking around. Would you just raise your hand and say, man, I'm ready. Come on, hands up all over the house. All over the house. Come on, couples with their hands raised. Come on, keep your hand up boldly. Keep your hand raised. Now everybody pray a prayer that sounds like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. God, I want your mind to be my mind. What you think to be what I think. What you say to be what I believe. So Father, I pray that you'll forgive me. That you'll search me. That you'll cleanse me. That you'll give me the grace and the strength and the mercy to fight back for my freedom to fight back for my joy, to fight back for my peace, to finally get my life back, get my marriage back, get my hope back, get my joy back, get my life back, get everything that God's promised me, get everything that God's given me, get it back in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus